0: All right, hello everybody. Thank you for joining us for this edition of IT Connections, Martello's weekly series that keeps you connected to the IT tools and trends you need to be on top of to ensure reliable remote collaboration and communication. My name is Sandra Holland from Martello and I will be your host for today's talk. Our topic for discussion today is the battle for bandwidth. So right now, the load on cloud-based applications is at an all-time high, with people working from home accessing the same resources simultaneously. With the dramatic shift to remote work, we can see that daytime internet usage has skyrocketed 34.4% between the typical working hours of nine and five. A large portion of that online traffic accounts for video conferencing and collaboration tools, both of which are bandwidth intensive. With the real-time traffic competing for bandwidth, there are bound to be slowdowns experienced by end users. The impact is jitter, delay, and video conferencing calls with dropped audio and unreliable access to the internet. Today with me, I have Rob Doucette, VP of Product Development, and Sebastian Tellier, Director of Channel Programs for Martello, on the call with me. Hi, Rob and Sebastian, how are you guys today?
1: Hello, Sandra, I'm well. Hey, Sandra, well as well, thank you.
0: Uh, so together, we're going to be addressing some of the best practices that IT administrators can deploy to secure and manage reliable delivery of service. So let's get started. Rob, looking at the challenges of remote work presents, how important is the user experience when it comes to accessing applications?
2: It, it's become quite critical, in particular for applications and services that are delivered by the cloud. So some of the traditional SaaS applications that employees might be consuming don't rely on IT components that your IT teams may have control or visibility over. So, for example, as a uh, Microsoft Office has kind of uh, transition from on-prem deployments and branch offices uh, where there might have been legacy network monitoring tools and application monitoring tools to make sure that all those pieces were up and running so that everyone could access their email and uh, use those productivity tools now these services and applications are hosted in microsoft's data center Uh, there's nothing that the it team really has control or visibility over from an infrastructure perspective uh, but they can manage and control the user experience so having, having insight into how well a user is accessing a service or application in terms of uh, uh, latency, uh, you know, how long is the page load in SharePoint, things like that become really critical because it's the only thing that the IT team really is gonna have visibility to uh, as more and more of these applications transition to the cloud.
0: Yeah, that's very interesting. Everyone's trying to access it all at the same time. So um, that user experience is very critical, right? So what other applications could be impacting availability of bandwidth on the network?
2: Uh, well, there's quite a number. Um, the ones that are most critical, I would say, are uh, some of the real-time services that uh, all of us are now becoming more accustomed to to relying on to, to do our jobs from from remote locations, in particular voice and video, where Uh, small disruptions in the network can have a a significant negative impact on the user experience. You know, if you hit send on an email and your Outlook uh, takes an extra 20 seconds or 30 seconds to send that mail, nobody probably notices. But, you know, even a a couple hundred milliseconds of of delay in a phone call uh, makes it virtually unusable. So, you know, there's a growing number of applications that are competing for uh, priority and bandwidth as we move forward.
0: Yeah, that's very, very true. With uh, collaboration and the real-time connectivity, it's uh, crucial for sure. So Sebastian, before a business looks to migrate their applications and services to the cloud, uh, how would you assess if the network is able to support what they wanna do to keep that user experience in mind?
1: Yeah, normally the first reflex people would have would be to look at if they have sufficient bandwidth going to the internet, because you know, logically speaking, you you have your end users are from their phones or from their computers they're from their they're different uh, platforms that they're accessing resources that are not there so logically you would think more bandwidth is better that's not necessarily the case you need to use that bandwidth a bit more intellig- intelligently um because not all traffics are equal you have some smaller packets bigger packets depending on the type of traffic you're sending so more bandwidth doesn't mean that you're going to have low delay or low packet loss or low or low jitter uh and it also depends on the uh, the different network equipment you have in place in your network i mean you and I, uh, Sandra and Rob are working from home right now. We're in a very decentralized work environment. Uh, if we're working from the office, it's a different game entirely. Uh, you'll have normally tighter SLAs with your ISP. You'll have uh, more robust network equipment in place. You'll probably have some elements of one optimization in place, uh, much of which will add some delay, but overall uh, determining if you can access Uh, cloud applications well or if your end users can access access them well is pretty similar and there are ways to do it from very manually to uh, a more scientific approach. Uh, Manually it's fairly easy you could go in and uh, simply run a free free application like uh, Hangouts or uh, Google Voice or FaceTime run that uh, that uh, run a session between two users on your network, see how it goes, and then just go at it on your network. Play some 4K movies on Netflix, um, st- start playing some games on your network, on your home network, you know, run the microwave, do whatever you want, like test it, whatever can affect it, and see how- if the call has a degradation in voice quality. If you can't receive it, well, overall, you could say that it's gonna work. But that's not really scientific. You have an account for everything. The other way would be to go and run a speed test, a free speed test on the Internet, where you would measure bandwidth. Now, as I mentioned earlier, that bandwidth test will not necessarily tell you that everything is fine and dandy. It will only tell you that you have technically enough bandwidth and that that criteria that's guaranteed by your uh, service provider is respected. But it doesn't tell you the quality of the uh, of the connection, of the session. So a better way to do it would be to go with a solution like Martello's UC Score. Uh, you'll use your browser. It'll send a simulated call, simulated calls, one, two, five, ten, twenty-five, to your to Martello's servers, to their resources, to identify and measure those different metrics like you mentioned earlier Sandra jitter packet loss and uh, delay by measuring them you can really establish how good and how well your call would be so uh, if, you're, if you score high, you're likely ready to make the move. If you score low, then it would be recommended that you look at your overall network infrastructure or that you call your ISD to see if there's something better you could do with better guarantees, better uh, better services. Um overall, I mean, UC Score is also free, so it's a very good starting point to establish if, uh, if you're ready to move to a uh, cloud-centric approach.
0: Yeah, that's that's a great way to go about it. Uh, some good data analysis to give you those tools to know that you're able to go forward. So Rob, after making that assessment of what your network can support, what do you do next?
2: Yeah, w- one of the challenges that, that we hear a lot from, from our customers and, and prospects is uh, understanding uh, which applications are actually being used in a particular office or in a particular company. So having a capability to discover what's already being used can help understand, uh, you know, what's the, what's the load on the network? Um, you know, what prioritization do we need to look at? Um, and, and this typically ends up in a conversation um, that involves, you know, shadow SaaS, if you, if you will, right? Where um, employees, um, not to any detriment or, or ill will, have decided to start using some application for their department or their own personal uh, benefit that is delivered uh, SaaS as a SaaS service. And so without really knowing, it's putting extra strain on uh, you know capabilities of the network, which may be impacting other more important applications that everybody in that office might be relying on. So we really see discovery being an important piece of that uh, life cycle, if you will, um so you know as being able to assess um the capability of a new application running is great but you also need to understand what's already there uh, maybe there's things there that don't that can be turned down or deprioritized um and certainly having an understanding uh, of what's there and the priority gives you the information you need to start making some of those decisions uh in terms of the the network optimization
0: awesome yeah so going through the assessment and discovery stages, you're able to create a solid foundation for you, these um, pieces to work effectively. So now that we have everything up and running, Sebastian, which is the best way to monitor these systems to ensure everyone's receiving a positive user experience? Well,
1: yeah, you know, uh, performance issues, they don't just happen like that. So you, there are signs that you can look for there's a buildup. People don't start suddenly having a horrible experience. Essentially speaking, when you're looking at a a service and real time experience like that, you want to to test and simulate as much as possible the real life experience that the end user is gonna have. Um, As we said earlier, just running a speed test will only give you one angle of the situation. Uh, It'll only tell you that technically everything should be working. At the beginning, you won't hear if a call takes one fraction of a millisecond longer. But over time, as this incrementally becomes worse or as a few packets are lost incrementally over time, you won't hear it. But one day, you'll just start sounding like a robot. And all of a sudden, your sales calls is ruined. Because there are signs you can detect them fairly easily if you know what you're looking for. Um, You wouldn't get that figure by running a speed test. So you need to send actual data. You need to send actual data packets from your network environment from your different uh, from your own work environment corporate environment and you need to send them through the same hoops and loops that your session would would go through Uh, a call doesn't simply go from your network to your destination Uh, on this call right now uh, it's going from my computer it's going from my to my router it's going to the modem it's going to the isp it's going to go to webinar today <laughs> <laughs> and then it's going to your isp it's going to your resources so we need to test a more realistic environment and that's where synthetic transactions come in we need to simulate those calls simulate how they happen uh, and by that you you know, you get a generally good idea by assigning a score based on thresholds of quality. Um, if you feel, as an organization, that you that your staff and your users can live with a certain level of delay, then you know you apply that threshold. And if by running those automatic synthetic transactions over time, schedule at peak hours or at recurring times in the day, you can start determining that at some time you have problems. I mean, there there is degradation at this time of the day, at 10 a.m. Well, this narrows down where you can investigate. Um, Running those synthetic transactions, you can send alerts to your staff, you can send alerts um, to the different uh, resources that are necessary to ensure the good quality of the service. And those, you know, those synthetic transactions, can uh, it can be on any service. I mean, in, in our case, of course, uh, we can measure the general performance of the different elements of the network. And we can, in our case, of course, simulate on Mitel traffic uh, or going for Office 365 traffic, but really any type of traffic can be simulated over time. Uh, all you have to do is have a good plan and get those data collected and analyzed properly.
0: Yeah, that's a really great approach. Can you give a real-life example of how this monitoring has aided a situation like that?
1: Of course, of course. It's, it's funny because uh, now that, and I've been given an example of, of someone working remotely, uh, just a few weeks ago, we have uh, one of our colleagues, uh, Antoine in Paris. Uh, he was having an issue with his home Wi-Fi and uh, it was affecting his uh, the quality of his calls, let's say. Um, so he used our network testing tool on himself. He uh, he self-operated, <laughs> if you will, <laughs> and uh, ran a few tests a day. And very quickly, based on the threshold that he'd ident- identified, he started getting a few alerts. The synthetic transaction tests failed. So they, they didn't meet. And this was his home network. Of course, it wasn't our network. We're, we're doing good not the corporate offices. But <laughs> you know, on his home office, the tests started coming back and they failed so he looked at the graphic and as we mentioned earlier there was a clear trend of jitter and delay and packet loss increasing over time so the quick uh workaround that he found was to you know he identified that all the tests he was running were failing so he restarted his router and the data from the tests were better right after that so he saw a a, a marked improvement but the different tests started coming back, more and more of the tests started failing. So he determined that it probably was the problem the ISP's problem because the router had been provided by them. Obviously you can not go and fix that yourself, but you have now with that data, even if you can't take action yourself, you have the data to go to your ISP and hold them accountable against the SLAs or the guarantees that they've given you on your contract. So all in all, Uh, the ISB recognized that there was a problem, ran a firmware update, and Antoine has been living happily ever ever since. So Martello saved the day.
0: (laughs) There we go. Awesome. Rob, did you have anything else to add to the monitoring phase of um, ensuring reliable connectivity?
2: Yeah, I think there's a a great angle for uh, one of our products, Martello IQ, which uh, provides visibility for IT teams across the tools that they might use. So there are uh, a wide array of uh, NPMD, network performance management tools, APM, application performance uh, management tools, uh, that are already deployed, managing some part of your office infrastructure, whether it's the the, the network appliances at the edge of, uh, of your offices or the application components within them. And so we have access to a lot of data from all of these tools, whether that's something like PRTG, uh, Nagios, things that are even in the cloud, whether that's Azure or GCP or, or AWS. And this data becomes really valuable when we can look at it through the context of user experience problems. So in the case of a user who's having some problem accessing a cloud service, uh, being able to go back and look at, okay, well, what did PRTG know about uh, of all the network appliances in that office where that user is trying to access that application? That data becomes really valuable because then we might be able to explain, uh, at this time, this user had a problem accessing, let's say, Office 365, and we saw at the same time that we had some alerts from PRTG that was showing packet loss on the on the egress router, for example. And now we're able to, you know, use that alert, which um, historically might go unnoticed or get lost among all the other alerts that are naturally happening in a in a monitoring environment. Uh, but now we can use it to explain why that uh, user had a had a problem and potentially fix it. Um, so having access to that data is is super important in terms of being able to describe and, and fix kind of uh, potential user experience problems. The the other aspect that that we see. Um, Getting a, a lot of traction is around better visibility or more flexibility around service level agreements. So, for example, you know Microsoft will publish um, Office 365, you know SLA and availability on their portal, uh, and for the most part, you know they, they run a very efficient data center. Uh, everything is, you know, usually up and running. You know, you get a series of, of green checks beside all the the applications that they're that they're hosting. Um, but but sometimes, you know, the application shows everything is healthy, right? From Microsoft's perspective, the application is up, it's running, but users are having difficulty accessing it, right? It's, it's not that it's not available, it's that it's performing poorly. So just to say that it's up and running isn't good enough if people are giving up on trying to get to your SharePoint site, for example. So having more flexibility around service level agreements is, is really important where they can be created and... Represent the true experience of the user. How well has that service been delivered to the users? You know, we could base that on the latency or the uh, round trip times and things like that between the user and the application, so that we get a better, truer measurement of how well that application is being delivered to its users. So we see, you know, the the data correlation part, as I mentioned, really important. Uh, SLAs are, are going to be really important, and Martello IQ is also our dashboarding visualization layer in our in our uh, solution stack and so having more flexible ways to to look at that data in terms of network paths heat maps service dashboards things like that uh, becomes super important as well to really understanding how well your users are accessing the applications that they need to to be able to do their job effectively
0: yeah those are all great tools to ensure that you've got the right pieces in place to make sure you're providing that great user experience every time now Digital transformation—it's uh, something that we've been talking about quite a bit lately. Um, so, Sebastian, how does the new approach with band management apply in digital transformation?
1: One of the fun elements that, uh, that Rob brought in, uh, in his last uh, his last comment is, you know, we have this great visibility, we have all these interactions, we have all these correlations, and we can see the different SLAs against each other in a, in an increasingly complex environment. And I think that's one of the key elements is that moving to the digital world, one, one could say that it's a different world than the analog world in which we were before. It's certainly different. It's, it's also much more complex because of all the interactions between the different databases and the different services and the different network equipment, as we said. In order to understand all of these services and all of these interactions, you would need seven PhDs. in every field of computer science that you can think of. Getting a certain level of understanding and a simplification of the different workflows and the different uh, services, but also automation. Automating the different escalation processes, automating the alerting. The example from uh, Antoine earlier, you can't figure it out on yourself in four or five seconds. So you need to run some tests, you need to collect some data and, you know, everything is in the data the more information you have the better the conclusions you can take so if you can also automate those conclusions i mean you just got yourself a winning scenario so running the different tests collecting the information and then getting to a point where the alerts were sent to him automatically meanwhile he could have had a copy and you know worked on something productive while the different processes were running in the background and only get to it again when the trends have been identified and the different thresholds have been breached. So I think that's one of the bigger and greater elements about it, is that it provides you with the right tools to understand without having to be an expert in the field. You can take those actions and then you can leverage those SLAs with those different services and make. Everyone accountable for the different part they have in the greater environment that you're de- deploying for, uh, whether hybrid or cloud only for your uh, for your teams, and also for the greater benefit of your clients and your partners, <laughs> because they're also part of the equation.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Did you have anything to add to that, Rob?
1: No, I think I think that covers
2: it well. I, I think maybe the one thing that supports in terms of integration with how uh, existing companies might be working are some of the workflows that we have into ITSM systems. So there's the you know remediation part, which is really important. But then you know a lot of a lot of companies have aligned on tools like ServiceNow, uh, not just for help desk, but ServiceNow does a million things now. Um, So they've kind of baked some of their processes into, you know, portals and gateways and things in ServiceNow that their teams are trained to use, that's how their processes are worked, Um, and it can be uh, difficult or disruptive to say, well, we have this great tool for you, but you have to relearn a whole new set of processes and tools versus we're going to collect all this data, we're going to do a bunch of intelligent stuff with that data, and then we're going to filter out the important pieces and feed it into the processes that your teams already use today. So for example, creating an incident into ServiceNow so that people who are already using those help desk views can continue to function the way they were before, but now they get some extra uh, insight, if you will, into what's going on in the environment through the tools that they're already comfortable with using.
0: Yeah, that's a a great way to go about it for sure. Well, I do wanna be mindful of time, so I think we'll wrap it up there. Rob, Sebastian, thank you both for joining me today on IT Connections. I also want to thank everyone who took the time to listen and we look forward to seeing you next time.
1: Thank you, Sandra. Thank you, everyone. Thank you. Take care,
0: everyone.